0: Eric B's Daily Vlogs Welcome everyone, it's the Daily Podcast and the Daily Vlogs and I am your host Eric B. In the waiting room right now we have a special guest, executive producer, creator of The Cleaning Lady. I'm going to go ahead and send her in right now. She's getting in. We have Miranda Kwok in here right now. We have a lot of people jumping on. Oh, there she is, Miss Miranda. Thank you for jumping on. How are you doing this afternoon or evening? Hi. I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just talking to everybody. Um, We had one person ask a question already, and it's a question I asked you yesterday, but she asked a question, and I promise I'm going to send her something for asking a question. So... <laughs> it's a relevant question so everybody who's watching right now everyone on facebook live i shared the link to everything is that a dog behind you it's it is scary. that's ronan hi ronan um uh, miranda thank you for being on the daily podcast and the daily vlog with me eric b go ahead and introduce yourself so everyone who's just jumping on and doesn't know who you are will get to know you by the end of the show
1: thanks eric Hi, I'm Miranda Kwok. I am the executive producer and creator of Fox's new drama The Cleaning Lady.
0: Yes. And as we spoke yesterday, I told you how in the beginning I was not interested in watching the show at all. I thought it was just going to be a show that was like, okay, it's going to be a female who has some kind of a, I thought it was it was a female who was like a mercenary in her past life and <laughs> she's going to come here and she's going to take out the whole mob. But the way you wrote this, the way you, you're writing and the way you're creativity in this, I, I totally love. And not just me. We have a whole bunch of people in the Bay Area. We have a whole bunch of people outside of the Bay Area, whether it's a Filipino community or Asian community who loves what you're doing with this show. Um, but let's get started with, with what, how you got started. I know Cleaning Lady wasn't your first. So let's go back to the past and talk about how you got started and why you like being behind the scenes and not in front of the scenes.
1: Well, thanks for giving the show a shot. I appreciate it. I know the title can be a little deceiving, but we definitely try to defy stereotypes in this. Um, I guess, I mean, I did start my career in front of the camera and, um, you know, but there were never enough roles, especially for Asian women. And also because everyone would just see me as an Asian woman and writing enabled me to sort of go beyond that in, in terms of storytelling. And I guess the the when I made this shift, what the, one of the most important, um, I guess, moments for me is when I, I walked into the Toronto Metropolitan Library and I saw this memorial for the comfort women. So uh, during World War II, the Japanese military abducted over 200,000 women and wow. forced them into sexual slavery to serve their troops. Wow. And I saw this display and I read some of the stories and the images just devastated me. And I I mean, I, I just stood there for a moment, just overwhelmed. And then I felt ignorant. I felt like, how did I not know about this? And then I realized that no one knew about this because it was buried for 50 years. Yes. And so, you know, as I was, you know, so basically I realized like that is a story that just needs to be told in some way or another. And you know, I was acting, I started producing, and I realized the only way to tell the kinds of stories that I wanted to tell was to write. And you know so that story was the story that kept me up at night um, my roommates at the time they actually joked that I should set an alarm clock for when I should go to bed um, as opposed to wake up because it, it it kept me up um these characters and these these stories would just come to my mind and I just had this you know just it was just burning inside me to write it and get that story out wow. so that was basically my first real foray into screenwriting specifically. Um, you know, breaking out of the the acting. And and yeah, you know, there, we, we've had a lot of shows where you have a lot of, you know, kick-ass women and yeah. martial artists. Um, and so my intention of storytelling was different. My intention was to tell stories that mattered, tell, tell stories that counted. And um, that screenplay ended up winning the Slamdance Screenplay Competition. Wow. And so that made me realize, okay, well, maybe I've got, you know, something there. You know, I've got a story to tell. And um, so that was my, that was my, I guess my launching point into becoming a writer as opposed to being an actor.
0: Nice. Nice. Now, how, and I and I know there's, you know, that you, you get questions like this a lot, but how difficult was it for you being an Asian woman who's trying to make it in this kind of business? You know, um, I know there's a lot of stereotypes when it comes to Asian women, you know, the first thing they say is like, Oh, do you, are you a martial artist? Do you know, do you, you know, all the stereotypes that, that sometimes Hollywood gives us, how did you, you know, come over that? How did you get over like, Hey, I'm not just an Asian woman, but I'm an Asian woman who can write and can, you know, sh- share my stories with you guys in writing.
1: I, I guess I never, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I, you know, I don't um, go about my day feeling like I'm a stereotype, right? Good, it's not who good, I am. Um, I grew up with an older brother. So, um, you know, I, I wrote a, you know, he rode a motorcycle. I rode a motorcycle. Thanks. Like I played rugby. Um, I, 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 you know, I was always a bit of a tomboy. And so I never defined myself by anyone else's, you know, stereotype or definition or, or, or however they wanted to typecast me. And um, and so I think that, that I went around... My business the same way is that I don't um, pigeonhole myself, um, even on the writing front. Like when I won Slam Dance for for um, Song of Silence you know, uh, a lot of people requested the script. Um, and Slam Dance is kind of known more as an indie festival that happens at, at Sundance. And so they were expecting like, a, a you know, a thriller or a horror, yeah. and it was like instead this World War II epic drama, um, which is, you know, obviously a challenge to get made. Um, but even on the page, people were like, well, we don't take historical writers. And it's like, just because I wrote historical drama doesn't mean I'm a historical writer. <laughs> Um, so, again, it was, again, just de- defying the stereotypes. Um, you know, finally, I had a referral from a friend. I finally got myself an agent because even after winning the competition, it was still difficult because also it was the only script that I had. Yeah. And um, so I met with an agent who said, okay, you've proven you can write. Now, you, you know, you need to prove you can write someone else's show. And so I, I sat down. I watched three seasons of House Okay. And then um you know, just studied the format, the characters, um the act outs, all of it, and wrote a spec episode in two weeks. So I'm actually um I'm completely self-taught as a writer. Nice. Actually, um, you know, I didn't go to any fancy screenwriting school or, you know, get any fancy degree like that. Yeah. Um, and and I, I basically am self-taught, um, you know, I read books. I, I took a couple, you know, feature screenwriting courses, but nothing about television. And so it was just, um, I guess, pure determination and just studying the craft and um, and getting a sample out. And nice. so so, you know, then I had two samples. I had a house spec and i had a feature about comfort women <laughs> so again like how do you balance that out and and um you know i i was fortunate i um i sent that to my agent and he said this has put you at the top of my pitching list nice. and then the writer strike happened yeah. so again i had to i had to pound the payment and i applied to a few um screenwriting programs like every um studio um and network have like um like uh, you know, f- there, there's the ABC Disney uh, Writers Program. There's the CBS um, Diversity uh, mentor- Mentorship Program, which I ended up getting into. Um, but at the same time, I actually—well, um, I'm, I'm jumping the story a bit because I um, I did win a scholarship to the LA Film School as a producer. Okay. And and in that, I produced two short films, and one of them was about hot lesbian biker chicks (laughs) and so um you know i'm very good at networking and i i keep in touch with people and um one of the stunt girls um she you know i I went out with her one night and um she said you know how's everything going i said actually things are going well you know because i was i was acting i was producing and i just started getting into writing so i said things are really going really well in the writing front And, you know, I just had three meetings for Lie to Me, I got into the CBS program, I was a finalist for the NBC Writers on the Verge, and she points to the guy next to her and she goes, well, you should talk to Steve because he just got his own show and he's staffing next week. And I had no idea that this guy sitting next to her with uh, this like shaved head and tribal tattoos up both of his arms was Stephen DeKnight, and and he just got *Spartacus*. Yes. So um, but it was like, you know, it was a five minute conversation. Music was blaring. I didn't think anything of it. And um, and then, you know, because it's Hollywood and you meet people all the time. Yeah. yeah. And the next day, um, Linda called and she said, so Steve was really impressed by you. Do you have a do you have a script? So I sent over my house spec and um, I got an email saying, read your spec, loved it. And I hate everything I read. Can you meet tomorrow for lunch? So, you know, we met. Um, ironically, one of the first things he said to me was, you are the only writer who I've, I've met with who I've been able to Google and see her kicking ass online.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> so, nice. Which um, ironically fit for Spartacus. So, we, you know, we had a good meeting and he said, well, what else do you have? And the only other thing I had was my Comfort Woman script, which, you know, is a feature, is, it's historical and doesn't normally translate for television. But fortunately... You know, well, not fortunately, but you know, the comfort woman script is about slavery, and Spartacus is also about slavery. So it ended up being a great sample. He sent those two um, two scripts to Stars and Ghost House Pictures, and two weeks later, I got staffed.
0: Nice, so, 2010 Spartacus. And the funny <laughs> thing is, I actually watched that, and I and I didn't know you wrote it, and I'm like, wow, I'm gonna have to rewatch it again with you in mind when I'm watching that 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 show. But yeah, that was. That's nice. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions right now, so we're going <laughs> to get down to it. Um, You shared with me yesterday when we spoke on how you came up with the concept of the cleaning lady and, you know, your pick on the Filipinos and why why you chose the Filipino community. Go ahead and share that with everyone else because I, I found that. I, I got off with you last night, yesterday, and I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool, you know? So first of yeah. all, thank you. Thank you for, you know, all the Filipino communities. Thank you for, you know exploiting us Filipinos, sharing our stories. You know, there's a lot of Filipinos out here who didn't know what the show was about. And now it's like, like I told you yesterday, I got families in the Philippines who were trying to spoil it for me. Stop trying to spoil it for me. Don't tell me what happened. Um, but yeah, the, you, this show is, if it's being watched in the Philippines, it's, it's hitting, it's hitting a lot of lives. It's sharing a lot of lives, whether it's, you know, all good, positive stuff, but go ahead and share what you said to me and how it, the cleaning lady came about.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I I'm so grateful that it is resonating with so many people and, and appreciate you sharing that with me as well. Um, yeah. So what happened was, um, I, well, the way I got this, um, to develop this particular show is I was, uh, I worked four seasons on a show called the hundred on the CW network, which is also produced by Warner brothers. And actually after three seasons, my contract was up and, um, and uh, I went out for staffing and I got offered another job and I went to tell the showrunner of the hundred. He said, no, 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 we want you back. And of course, you know, they didn't have a pickup yet. So we weren't sure what was going to happen. And then Warner brothers reached out and said, well, if you agree to come back, if, it, if the show comes back, we'll give you a, what's called a blind script deal, which is a development deal. Yeah. So of course I said, yes, I loved working on the hundred um, you know, a lot of, you know, really great people, and um, I, I, you know, that's a show. Uh, you know, that had a lot of female empowerment, um, a lot of you know, great themes and characters, and and learned a lot from. Them. So, um, I said yes, and so I, you know, for the for the blind script deal, um, I basically had to. Uh, so I was working. The hundred came back. So I was working full time on the hundred while developing, uh, for Warner Brothers. And so I pitched them a few ideas and they pitched me a few ideas. And one of them was La Chica Que Limpia, which is the Argentinian format. And um, what excited me about that particular format um, was was being able to create a show that was about female empowerment. And that was also a story about an undocumented immigrant and specifically who was a Southeast Asian character. Um, At the time, it was actually a Filipino character. And um, I saw that Shay Mitchell was the one who found the original format. And when I saw her name, uh, everything sort of clicked and I thought it has to be Filipino. Yeah. And um, part of the reason why I felt so strongly about that and, and fought to keep that all the way is that, you know, when I first went to Hong Kong many years ago, there was a Sunday afternoon where I was just shopping downtown and I came across, uh, you know, basically just turned a corner and you know, covering the whole downtown core of Hong Kong were these Filipino workers. And they were gathered together, um, you know, sitting on, on the street and on the pavement on these cardboard boxes that were opened up in plastic bags. And they were congregating with their lunches because it was the, their only day off and they had no money um, to go anywhere and they had no homes. Yeah. And it was something that just really affected me so strongly um, to see all these people who were treated like second class citizens. And so, and then five years ago, when I went back to Hong Kong, it was the same thing. And in fact, it had, you know, basically they had spread out. So they're not just downtown, it's all over the city. Every Sunday, all the Filipinos will gather. gather. And it's just become a part of the culture. and instead of you know trying to fix the problem, it's just like, well, this is what it is. And and this is you know an issue that happens all around the world, not just Hong Kong, but in many countries, yeah. and specifically um with a lot of overseas Filipino workers. Yeah. And so that, you know, when I when I when I looked at this project called The Cleaning Lady, and, and I thought, okay, um, you know, I, I really, really wanted this character to be from the Philippines. Um, And to show a story of empowerment, how she is faced with many different obstacles and, um, you know, a a lot of a a lot of um, just a a lot of uh, obstacles and struggles in her way and how she will eventually overcome them and make her own path and find her own voice. And um, eventually become, you know, a mob boss of her own, you know, in the the long term story arc. So, again, a story of empowerment of how somebody who is marginalized, who is pushed in the shadows and is told to be silent, is able to eventually find her voice. So that's the inspiration for creating this show.
0: It's a great show, and I was telling everybody before you got on, if you guys haven't watched it yet, here in San Francisco in the Bay Area comes on Mondays at 9 o'clock. If you guys check your local listings on what time it comes on, I'm pretty sure it's Mondays everywhere else, but just depending on what time. But it's definitely a good show. You're on six episodes. Last week's episode was um, a very heartwarming reality check to a lot of people. And and I loved how you shared a story that a lot of us – who comes home every day from work during our nine to five we don't really see that backstory you watch it on the news you hear about you know the immigrants trying to cross over the border but you don't really see what they have to go through and what they have to pay to try to get over here you hear about it but you don't really see it and i love how you wrote how you know the whole storyline from like and if you guys haven't watched it i'm sorry i'm going to spoil it for you guys (laughs) um (laughs) but but how they have to pay with pretty much their lives to just try to come over here. And and was that something that you saw, you, you did tell me yesterday that you did a lot of research before you did every that, was that something that you really witnessed or was that something that you just wrote in?
1: Um, that was part of the research. Uh, Michael Notarali wrote that episode um, fantastically. Um, and, uh, but you know, as, as you know, a lot of the writers collectively come up with the stories and um, and we have all done like a ton of research. Um, so that was definitely an element that we discovered in our research. Um, you know, one of the one of the issues she she faces, um, you know, with having a child who is immunocompromised and then requires liver is is again the struggles of an undocumented and uninsured immigrant. Um, an impoverished immigrant who, who doesn't have the resources as everyone else. And there's so many people who are in this predicament um, that we did, you know, dig, do a deep dive into the organ trade um, across the world, because it is something that happens across the world um, and that, that organs are taken from different parts of the world and Philippines is one of them, Mexico's is another, um, that there, it, 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 you know, it is a real issue um, And, you know, because it is illegal to buy and sell tissues in most countries around the world, people, there are uh, unfortunately people dying every day who are waiting for an organ. And so it's a real controversial issue, even within the medical community where, you know, when you have an organ transplant, everyone gets paid. Everyone, every single person gets yeah. paid who's a part of that, that surgery, except the person who's actually donating yeah. the organ and the most important thing. And, and yes, of course, there's, re- there's arguments on both sides, but you know, what, at the end of the day, you really have to ask yourself, what's the most important thing? Is saving a life? Yes. And so that is an issue we wanted to tackle on the show, and and so we tackled in in, in this way in episode six. Um, well, obviously in episode four was the the bone marrow, and then yeah. episode six was the was the actual organ. And so in researching the many different ways you can get an organ on the black market. Um, we did discover that there are a lot of people who, who pay for their passage um, through coyotes um, yeah. or, or even just, um, you know, just find other, you know, have other other needs, like even if it's not for their passage, you know, to pay for their school or just, to, you know, pay for their, for, you know, for their own, um, you know, to pay their rent or yeah. whatever it is. There's yeah. a lot of people who are in desperate situations who, who could use the money. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people who exploit them, and therefore, um, you know, you know, you know, force them. Like once they come across, like you know, put them in a situation where they have to have to deliver and yeah. give up their organ, even if they're not medically fit yeah. to do that. Um, and then the other thing that happens on the under, other other side of that is that a lot of these people don't have the money or insurance, and so once they donate their liver or organ. Um, they're left without postdoc care and medical resources. So there are also a lot of situations where people, um, you know, give up an organ and end up dying in the next few weeks because they didn't get the care they need.
0: Yeah. That's sad.
1: So yeah. So it's it's basically it's it's a broken system. It's a broken medical system. I mean, as good as it, it is, there are a lot of things that are wrong with it as well. And so, unfortunately, the people who suffer are at the bottom of the totem pole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: So, so that's what we really wanted to highlight with, with episode six.
0: No, you guys did a great, a great job on, on just how that worked out. Um, uh, One of the questions I got, Elise uh, Dickinson was one of the first ones to ask a question. She asked a question that I'm going to ask later on. I asked you the same question yesterday. Um, The chemistry between Tony and Armand, how's that going on? And there's like a hashtag (laughs) going on right now. Armani, is that what's going on (laughs) on social media?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um yes, their chemistry is fantastic and it, it, it happened immediately. It happens on screen. I mean, they you know, off screen they're they're really good friends. Yeah. Um they're actually very giggly together. There are a lot of scenes where they're supposed to be serious, like the first time and in, in that in, in the pilot, for example, in the car scene when she tells him, like, you know, you better treat me with respect.
0: Yeah. And yeah, yeah. you know,
1: um, so in that scene they they were giggling nonstop um and that's that's their real chemistry right is that the, you know they 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 really do have that and so um we're really excited that uh, you know because when it works it works yes. and and yes. um you know so we 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 love being able to you know play with that that relationship um but also you know what's really fantastic um, with the, their relationship is is that it's so multi-dimensional right and there's so many layers to it and it's not just a physical attraction yeah um there there's a, there's a real depth to their relationship and why they connect and you know on one level it's you know they're they're both immigrants they they both face different struggles at different times and and he's seen. Um, you know the sacrifices that his parents made, and now he sees her making the sacrifices for her son. So of course he's he's completely motivated to help her in these unexpected ways. Yeah. And so um, you know I think that you know obviously it's fiction, and yet I think there's some there's there's you know there's something real that they're connecting with yeah.
0: there. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's. It may be fiction on TV, but I think this is something that's happening that we don't know about, right? It's, I'm pretty sure behind closed doors, this is really happening. Um, the question I had, I asked you yesterday was how hard was it to get the group that you have right now? I mean, you picked these guys perfectly, guys and gals perfectly, for them to gel as a group and to make us believe that, you know, Elodie. To me, she's a badass chick. I mean, you know, she's, (laughs) I mean, like she's there for her son. It's like she's facing an FBI agent. She's facing a mob boss. And she's like, I don't care whatever I need to do to help my son. That's what I'm doing. How was it? Was it difficult for you guys to find someone for her role that can, you know, make us believe, yeah, she's really hard like this. And she's going to be like this for her family.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know honestly, it's a very challenging role to play, and Elodie is fantastic. And we did take a long time to find her. Um, we did castings out of L.A., New York, Toronto, Vancouver, the U.K., Australia. Um, so we did cast a wide net, and we did search um, for for quite a long time. Um, and we did present other options to the network, and um, you know we really lucked out when we finally found Elodie. And, um, you know, we were actually supposed to, you know, there were, we we had prepped uh, to shoot the pilot and got everything ready. And then that's when the world started shutting down because of COVID. And so, right, we we actually got shut down the day that we were supposed to start rolling cameras. Mm. And um, we didn't have LED yet. We didn't have half our cast yet. Um, so one of the, one of the amazing things is, so we, we finally, we flew into LA to meet with her and to, um, you know, basically do a callback with her. Um, the director, Michael Offer was still in Albuquerque. So he was on a Skype because this was even before zoom was a thing. So he was giving her direction on Skype. And one of the amazing things is that we ended up casting Elodie right at the beginning of quarantine. And that just showed how much faith that Fox had in this show because it basically cast her to hold her indefinitely. Because nice. at that point in March, you know, uh, you know, 2020, no one knew yeah. what was going to happen.
0: Everything shut um, down. Yeah.
1: Everything shut down. And so we actually were fortunate because we had that time for the next few months uh, to uh, to find the rest of the family and the rest of the cast. And um, Martha is another, uh, you know, fantastic, amazing actor. And um, what was fun about her casting story is that um, Elodie actually volunteered to do chemistry reads with, the, you know, the, the final, you know, four or five people that we had in mind. Yeah. And so they met, we all met on the Zoom and, you know, Elodie was in L.A., Martha was in New York, and the moment they started speaking together, you could feel their chemistry on screen in different, you know, time zones, and we're watching this happen, and they felt it, and we felt it, and afterwards, Elodie called all of us and to say, well, it's Martha, right, it has to be Martha, I love Martha, it has to be Martha, we're like, okay, yes, we all love Martha, but we have to, of course, you know, go through the process, go, the process, and go yeah. up the channels and, and, um, but for them, it was love at first sight. Nice.
0: Um, how difficult is that? I mean, um, I mean you, you've done this before in the past and you had readings where the person's right in front of you and you can feel that, okay, this is, this person is going to be Spartacus. Right. But how difficult it was it during COVID that you had to do this via zoom and you had to like use your best judgment. Like I like her, but, was that difficult for you guys to find via Zoom?
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely. Um, you know, cuz after 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 the quarantine, every audition was on Zoom, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there were you know, audition the audition process had already started to be um, you know, on tape for a lot of people because if you had an actor who was in a different country, um, you know, that was the yeah. way to, to get them, you know, get them in front of you. So, um, so it wasn't a new thing to quarantine, but then it became the only thing. Yeah. And um, you know, that chemistry read was very telling because the, for example, there was another actor who we thought was great and really, you know, hilarious. And we, we put them, you know, we saw them side by side and it was like, they were on two different shows. Like the, the, the tone was yeah. different and, and there it, it was just a, it, it didn't link up. So it was really interesting to see nice. um, because at the end of the day, you know, we are on a screen that is, yeah. you know, it's an onscreen media. So, um, you know, fortunately, you know, we, we did have that. Um, so it was, it was a challenge, but in the end we did, um, we did get an amazing cast
0: put together. Yeah, you do, so. you do. The cast that you have right now is, is, it can't be the cleaning lady without the cast that you have right now. Uh, I forget his real name. The person who plays Armand cannot be Armand. I can't see anybody else playing Armand. Um, so incredible job for you guys to do that. That's definitely something you know. We're like, wow. And, and you know, ever since I started doing this show, shows like this, I started looking at things in more of the like in yours, in your eyes. You know, I'm I'm a fan first, but then I'm like, God, what did they go through to get, you know, Elodie, Martha what kind of progress did they have to pick? Like we see how they are on screen. And luckily for me, I follow them on Instagram. So I see how fun, how much fun they're having, you know, offset or onset. And for you to share that with us and for the characters that you guys share with us, the producers, the writers, man, thank you for, for doing that. This show is definitely a show that I want to see succeed. I want to, you know, I want to see moving forward. Um, At least who asked the question earlier asked, is there a season two in the works?
1: Well, there's definitely discussions about it. (laughs) I mean, I think we're really um, lucky that, you know, for Warner Brothers and Fox, like this has been a passion project of theirs from the beginning. Um, You know, when they picked up the show to pilot um, early 2020, it was actually the first drama pickup that year. And so, um, and even at that time, you know, speaking of casting, um, they actually said to us, you know, we recognize that we will probably have to find two lesser-known talents to play Tony and Fiona, and we're excited to do that. We're excited to find new talents put on screen, and we just have to surround them with familiar faces. Um, so they they were always very passionate, um, you know, even when I pitched that it would be a character from the Philippines. Um, they totally embrace that as well. So you know, we're very fortunate with that, and and I think they they really recognize how special and unique the project is because you know we were putting characters on screen that don't normally have the spotlight. Yeah. Um, you know, we are taking marginalized voices and and giving them a voice, and. Um, and so, you know, they were they're excited about that from the beginning. Then um, they were excited about the pilot that we delivered and, and then also the season. So the last step of that, of the big puzzle, is how is this going to be received by an audience? And fortunately, it has been so well received and so welcomed by many different communities. Um, you know, and and that we have, you know, three and a half million people showing up every week. Wow! Um, to watch live, you know, with all the commercials, and yeah. you know, it's really hard to get people to do that these days when there's so many options available with cable and streaming. Yeah. When people can binge watch, everyone's used to that, and so um, the turnout has been amazing. And and I think if we can keep the turn up, the turnout up, yeah. and keep the numbers up, and and even grow them, that will definitely help for a season to pick up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. I'd be disappointed if there wasn't a season two, but I am sure the way this is going, there's going to be a season two. I mean, you have not just Filipinos watching, but people who are into this kind of drama, I guess you can say Mm -hmm. drama scene. And not only is it drama, now it's turning into a little love story, you know, like in the last (laughs) episode. Um, When I was watching that episode, I told you yesterday, I was like, they're not going to kiss. They're not going to kiss. I was like, oh my God, they're kissing. They're (laughs) kissing. And, I, I knew she was going to pull out. I was, was going to pull out. Like I knew she like you know she just talked talked to her husband. Again, if you guys haven't watched it, shame on you guys. Spoiler alert for all this stuff. You guys should be watching this already. I love the little subtle hints that you guys put in there. Um in episode 1 when um Fiona's um son was coming out of the room, he was holding a bucket of Jolly Bee chicken. Yes. And you know, th- that was like, you know, Filipinos, we love Jollibee. It's our our fried chicken. And in this last episode, Martha was cooking and no one knew what she was cooking unless you're Filipino because you saw the soy sauce and the vinegar sitting there. And she didn't mention, you know, do you want some adobo? She just said, can I make you a bowl? But for us Filipinos, we were like, she's making adobo. Yes. The only the only question I wanted to know was it chicken or beef, you know? But but those subtle hints that you guys are doing for us for our community, I, mean, I love those little those little things that you're showing. It's like we call it Easter eggs, right? When we watch the little TV shows, like, hey, did you guys see the 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 adobo she's making? Like you didn't say she's making adobo. I was like she was. There's the soy sauce. There's the I forget the name of the vinegar that you that that was used. But it's the same thing my mom uses when she makes adobo. So those little subtle hints. I I definitely love that how you guys are doing this. And it's again, it's a great show. It's a great show to have. I'm glad you're behind this. I'm glad you're doing everything you you're doing that that you're doing right now. And you know I wish you nothing but great success moving forward. And I definitely want to see a season two. I definitely want all that um, coming up. It's great. Again, for you guys who haven't watched it, Monday's here in San Francisco in the Bay Area, nine o'clock, definitely watch it. I'm pretty sure if you guys have the cable company I have, you guys can just say, oh, show me the cleaning lady and you know it'll play for you with that. Um, before I let you go, Miranda, anything you want to add? Anything you want to talk about?
1: Um, yeah, oh, I wanted to say it, we had um, the Filipina director, Mar- Marie Jamora, um, do episode six. So she brought in the Adobo. Uh-huh. Um, so that was, a, that was a touch. She also brought in, um, I don't know if you noticed, well, you probably did, that um, Fiona is watching a TV show in her room, yeah. which is Closed the Door, which was a Filipino yeah. um, show that Marie brought in. Nice. Um, but the uh, the Jollipy is actually something I fought for um, because Fox actually has um, – actually it's against product placement. Oh wow. Um and so like they we actually have to erase exposure like if we have a logo we normally have to take it off yeah. even if we're using a product. Um and so but the reason they they agreed to the Jollibee was because you know we said this is a cultural touchstone. Yeah. And so it wasn't about product placement. It, this just is about the culture. And so they allowed it to have it in there
0: so yeah well, we're really grateful for that what's funny here is the Bee here in in the bay area in Daly city it's uh the drive-through is 24 hours and <laughs> i can guarantee after that episode there was a line going out for everyone to get a bucket <laughs> of jolly chicken. chicken. but no it was it was a it was a nice touch um and again these little things that when i'm watching i'm like focusing on the tv screen i'm watching the little things especially when they're at home when they're at home there's like all these little things that you you know if you're not paying attention if you're just listening you'll miss and you know i almost missed the jolly bee chicken but i saw it i'm like
1: he's holding a bucket of jolly bee chicken. <laughs> and and um and martha um fiona is eating shrimp chips in the pilot <laughs> as well and one of the takes she almost choked on it she was, you know because she's talking and throwing it in her mouth and so it's kind of
0: funny no yeah um, i had i had martha on she's she's uh she's a great person and, and you know definitely Definitely cool vibes when you have both of them. And when I watch both of them together in a screen, especially that last scene where they were just, you know, uh, Fiona's character was mad at Tony for what she did, but then they found a way to like gel it and make it better. And I'm like, God, I, I you know, I feel this. And that's why when you mentioned earlier, find two characters that is not well known. I mean, this is going to put these two on the map. I mean, this is going to escalate their careers even more. And I know, you know, Elodie from, she did the Marvel Electra, or she was on Marvel's Electra. That's where I know her from. And now she's the cleaning lady. She's forever going to be the cleaning lady to me. And and I totally, totally love it. I'm pretty sure everybody else loves it. So thank you yeah, for the, your, everything you do.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's an amazing thing is that you have these fantastic actors who, who never had the right... Um, vehicle to shine and so yeah I feel so so grateful and privileged to have this opportunity to for them to show off um, you know their you know everything they're able to bring Um, and they do they bring their heart and their soul to the project um, and, you know, had we had more roles before for them, like they would have been on our screens all the time. And so now what this proves is that there is a whole bunch of untapped talent out there in diverse communities that have not had their chance. And so hopefully, um, you know, there will be more opportunities yes. for people who have been, um, you know, just overlooked before. And and now that, you know, we can show that they do um, you know, they have that amazing star quality that they
0: can bring. If you need a cousin or an uncle for season two, definitely <laughs> call, call me. I'll My Tagalog is not the best, but I'll make it work. <laughs> um, any future plans besides you trying to create or tr- you hoping that, you know, I'm, I'm very sure season two is, is going to come and the success of the show is just going to be obvious that season two will come. But other than this, is there any future projects that you have planned?
1: Yes, of course. Um, I have another development deal with Warner Brothers. Um, So, you know, I'm looking at different material and projects as well to see what's next on top of the cleaning lady.
0: Oh, nice. Can't wait. Can't wait. I know you can't share it and I'm not going to bug you to try to share with us. I know the secrecy of, of Hollywood, but Miranda, thank you so much again for, for jumping on. Thank you for, you know, everything that you do. Thank you for representing, you know, the Filipino community that, that we have. We love the show. I can speak for myself and I speak for a lot of Filipinos. We love this show. And if you're Filipino and you haven't seen the show, shame on you. You guys got to watch the show. Definitely watch it. Um, We want to see a season two and I want to see your name on there again. You know, it's like ever since we started chatting, I'm seeing your name more and more like, you know, Miranda Kwok, Quack, Miranda Quack. you know, it's like, I was like, Oh, I just spoke to her. So, <laughs> so it's, it was, it was a great honor to have you on the show. And I wish you guys, I wish you the show, the cleaning lady and the cast, nothing but great success moving forward.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Thank you, Miranda Kwok. Right. Everyone again, watch the cleaning lady on Fox uh, Mondays here at nine o'clock. Um, Bay area time watch, Check your local listing and Miranda, we'll see you again. Thank you again for, for being on. Thank you. And thanks everyone for watching. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was a nice, great, fun interview. Thank you guys for jumping on. Merdad, am I saying your name right? Merdad, thank you for jumping on. Elise, you'll definitely get something in the mail. Thank you for jumping on. I want to thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for jumping on. Again, you guys are going to wonder why it's a short show. Um, she has a really busy schedule, so I try not to keep her on as long. Same thing when I had Martha on last time. They have busy schedules. so. I promise their agents that i'll try to keep them on as as short as i can get all the questions out and i want to thank you guys for jumping on and asking the relevant questions that you guys needed to ask um let's say in the future we try to get someone like Elodie on Elodie, let me see some hearts if you guys want to see Elodie on i'm going to try to make my magic i want to get armand the character who plays armando i want to get him on the show i want to see if i can find a way to reach out to his agent and say, let's get Armand on here. Annie, thank you, Annie, who's putting all this together. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything you've done. But again, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for jumping on. Follow me on the daily podcast with me, Eric B. I put out a podcast once or twice a week. Follow me on Eric B's daily vlogs. I put out vlogs. Once or twice a week as as well, this is going to be uploaded on YouTube. So if you guys missed it, if you guys don't have me on Facebook, you can go ahead and watch this on YouTube. And it's also going to be available on my podcast station. So if you guys are driving to work and you don't want to look at your phone and you get into a car accident, you guys can listen to this on the daily podcast with me, Eric B. Once this is shared, I'll go ahead and leave everything down below aiden canto plays armand oh yes <laughs> i'll see if i can make it work i'll see if i can make it work um will we'll, we'll see and if you guys follow me on facebook follow me on instagram i have all that as well and so that way you guys know the future shows that are coming on follow me on twitter so that way you guys know if i do get Adon. is it Adon canto is that his name who plays armand if i can get him on you guys will know then But until next time, thank you guys for watching the podcast and the vlogs has ended. Go in peace.